Well, it is good to be back. And uh, in the early service, Brother Ken said uh, he was in question whether I could do all three of the services since I was so old. <laughs> now, I'm not vindictive. I would never try to get back at him for saying that. Amen. Uh, in fact, I owe him a note of gratitude anyway. I definitely wouldn't do it since I do. He visited my mother in the hospital, and I appreciate that so much. It was when I was born, he visited her <laughs> in the hospital. Amen. Open your Bible with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Our scripture lesson this morning will be taken from verse 15. I want to get our theme from this verse of scripture and we'll build upon it as we look at the scriptures together. If you'll stand with me, we'll read this one verse. I'll have a very brief word of prayer, then have you to be seated for the message this morning. Good to see this good number out. Had a Baptist meeting this morning for the first service, and here we are again with another house full. And I'm just sure God's going to let this place just leap out when you get into that new building. I'm looking forward to it. And already Brother Ken has said, as long as Evelyn lives, I'm invited back. Uh, so I'm taking care of her. Amen. I'm really looking after her. Verse, six, uh, verse 15, 1 Corinthians 16. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Would you pray with me, please? Our Father, we're so grateful this morning for this wonderful singing. Lord, how good it was to hear the choir sing. Wonderful messages from your word. And then, as always, how good it is to hear the wisdoms. Lord, we thank you for them. And pray that your continued blessings would be upon them, supply their every need. Now, touch this service. I pray, Lord, somebody will be saved. Hearts will be blessed, and we'll leave this place saying it was good to be here. In Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. The last statement of this verse is where I want to draw our theme from. What an unusual family this family was, the house of Stephanos. The Bible said they addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I'm preaching on this subject, spiritual addiction. One of the great problems that faces our country today is the problem of addiction. People that have addicted themselves to uh, drugs and alcohol, what a curse this has brought upon our country. Over half of the uh, fatalities on the road are drug and alcohol related. Also people have addicted themselves to gambling. And what a plague this has brought. Precious families 
have to go lacking. Mothers and children have to uh, suffer because of a gambling addiction in the family. Others in our generation that have become addicted to pornography and sex. And what a terrible addiction this is and what a curse it's brought upon us. But strangely enough, we open the pages of God's Word and it talks about an addiction in the family of believers that the Apostle Paul commends to us to imitate them. And I want to preach on that subject, spiritual addiction. Becoming addicted to the ministry of the saints. Before we see what the ministry of the saints is that we need to become addicted to, let me just share with you what an addiction really is. An addiction means that you have a craving within you that must be satisfied on a daily basis. Just can't make it through a day without satisfying that craving, that addiction that you have. Well, praise God. There's some things spiritually that we need to have an addiction to that we just couldn't possibly make it through a day without satisfying that crave. I want you to turn back with me, please, to Psalms 146 and look with me at verse number two. This is David, the shepherd, speaking to us. And you know, David is uh, an unusual person. God says about him that David was a man after God's own heart. Now, the prophet didn't say that. David didn't say that. God said it. God said, David is a man after mine own heart. What was there about David that made him to be a man after God's own heart? I believe it's revealed to us in this verse of Scripture. Look at it. While I live, will I praise the Lord? That's his secret. David went about constantly offering praise and adoration to the Lord. And I want to say this morning, you and I need an addiction to the ministry of praise. Just can't praise him enough. Amen? I want you to look with me at verse 1 here of Psalms 146 and aloud together. I want you to read those first four words for me. Would you read them aloud? All right. Look down at verse 10 and read the last four words that are there. Look at Psalms 147, verse 1. What are the first four words? Look down at verse 20. What are the last four words of that psalm? Look at Psalms 148. The first four words read how? Look down at verse 14. The last four words of that psalm is? Look at Psalms 149. The first four words read how? Verse 9, it closes how? Look at Psalms 150. And the first four words are? And the book of Psalms ends with what four words? Praise you, Lord. Hey, folks, have you got the message yet? Amen. 
I believe God wants you and I to praise his wonderful matchless name. And if you want an inroad to the heart of God, let me give it to you. Offer praise and adoration to his wonderful name and you'll get his attention right away. Amen. Thank God for the privilege to praise his name. You see, you and I as believers have the right to praise him. We've got more right to praise God than the world has to profane his name. Amen. I tell you, I've made a resolution within myself that any time I hear someone profane the name of my Lord, if they're not ashamed to do it orally and publicly, I'm not going to be ashamed right there, right then, to publicly praise his wonderful, matchless name. And I'll tell you, it'll give you a good satisfaction just to do that. I was preaching a revival in Gainesville, Georgia. And after the service, I stopped by the Georgia Anna Inn in front of the motel where I was staying to get a bite to eat before I went to my room. I went in by myself, gave the waitress my order. There were only three couples, six other people in that restaurant that late at night besides myself. And I was waiting on my order. I've never heard such ungodly, blasphemous, vulgar talking as those three couples were doing. I sat there in the booth for a few moments. Then I just stood up and I said, Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm saved. Glory to God. And sit down. (laughs) You say, preacher, what good did that do? I don't know, but I didn't hear another curse word while I was in that place. Amen. I'm just telling you this morning, you and I have got more right to praise God than the world has to profane his name. Amen. Thank God for the privilege to offer praise to him. So we need to become addicted to the ministry of praise. Just can't make it through a day without praising the name of the Lord. Praise God, that'll set your life right. Amen. Amen. Now turn quickly, if you will, over to the book of Acts chapter 20 and verse number seven. Here's another part of the ministry that we need to have an addiction to. Not only do we need to have an addiction to the ministry of praise, just can't praise him enough, but we need to have an addiction to the ministry a preaching. I like this one. Praise God for folks that are addicted to preaching. <laughs> I tell you what I do in my meetings, I pick me out folks that love preaching. I just preach to them. <laughs> Amen. I mean, praise God. I love it when people become addicted to the ministry of preaching. Now, boy, if I've ever seen it illustrated, here it is. Look at verse 7. And upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. 
ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until how long? Say that one more time. How long Paul preach? <laughs> Praise God, they had to have an addiction to the uh, ministry of preaching, didn't they? I mean, he preached till midnight. You say, well, how'd the, how did the congregation hang in? Only lost one out of the entire congregation. Let's read about it. Look, look at verse number eight. There weren't many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. Hey, I know this guy. I've pastored him. He attends most of the meetings I preach across the country. You say, What's, uh, what is characteristic about uh, Eutychus? Let's read it. He said, being fallen into a deep sleep. Hey, folks, this guy was nodding. Amen? He is out of it. He had fallen into a deep sleep while Paul was preaching. Now, I, I want to tell you, uh, look, let's read on. And as Paul was doing what kind of preaching? Ooh, say that one more time. What kind of preaching was Paul? Yeah. Hey, what kind of preaching y'all like around here? Yeah. <laughs> Woo, my crowd, amen. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. You say, what was this fellow's name that fell out of that window? His name was Eutychus. Hey, Eutychus too, if you'd have fell out of the third loft. <laughs> Amen. Now, now I, want to tell you, I want to tell you what Eutychus' problem was. He was, set, he was sitting in the window and he was leaning the wrong way. You say, how do you know? Had he been leaning in toward the service, what would have happened? He'd have fell in, wouldn't he? We need to fall in, amen? But he was leaning more out of the service when he went to sleep, so he fell out. I tell you, that's the problem of our day. Most folk go to church with leaving on their mind. Amen? One of our problems today is we got too many clock-eyed Baptists. Amen. They're more interested about what time it is than they are about what God's doing. Amen. But Eutychus was leaning out. You say, Brother Bob, how you know when people are leaning that way? Well, I'll tell you what to do after the service. Check the parking lot. See how many folks backed in. <laughs> Any of y'all back in this morning? You know what you're doing? If you backed in, you're getting ready to leave before you ever come into the service. Isn't that about how we do it? Oh, I tell you, I don't mind you looking at your watch every once in a while, but when you take it off and shake it, it, it bothers me. 
Amen. And here the Bible said that Eutychus was taken up dead. Verse 10 said, and Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. Now he interrupted Paul's sermon when he fell out and killed himself. And Paul went down and had a resurrection service, raised him from the dead. And then he said, now since my sermon's been interrupted, let's have a meal together. Let's see if that in what he said, verse 11. When he was therefore come up again and had broken bread and eaten. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, where there's no eating, there's no meeting. Baptists somehow can fellowship better if they got a fork in their hand. Amen? And here it tells us that uh, he, when they had eaten, it said and talked, what? Woo-wee. Let's find out how long he did talk. It said even till break of day. Paul preached all night long. Now in the first half of his sermon, he only lost one. That crowd is spiritually addicted to the ministry of preaching. Only one fell out. I promise you, in the last half, it was 100% in. I believe the most wide-eyed fellow in the house name was Eutychus. I doubt if he even blinked his eyes, amen? I mean, praise God, he become addicted to the ministry of preaching. I wonder how many of us would sit and hear somebody preach all night long. Thank God for those that are addicted to the ministry of preaching. I love good singing, and my, aren't they good? What good singers. But I want to tell you something, wouldn't give you the flip of my finger for a preacher who don't like singing. On the other hand, I wouldn't give you the flip of my finger for singers who don't like preaching. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I tell you, as good as singing is and as much as it adds to the service, you can't build a church on just singing. It takes the preaching of the word of God to build a church and to stabilize people in this world about us today. Go ahead. I'll tell you, thank God for folks that can sing like this choir and like the, the wisdoms that helps to set a service up where, praise God, it makes it easy to preach. Amen. Somebody said the singing is like a salad. You know, a salad originally was intended to whet your appetite. Of course, John Phillips told me, he said, uh, I believe only Americans can make a salad with 2,000 calories. <laughs> Amen. But uh, you're supposed to eat that roughage in salads to tease your taste buds and set them all on the edge that when the main course of the meal comes, you'll be able to taste it to its uh, highest delight. That's the way good singing is. It sets all of our taste buds on edge. 
thank God that when the preaching of the word of God comes, it makes it more tasteful when we've heard some good singing in the house of God. Then right quickly, turn over please to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Not only do we need to have an addiction to the ministry of praise, can't make it through a day without praising him. And an addiction to the ministry of preaching can't make it through a day without this word speaking to us. But we also need to have an addiction to the ministry of prayer. Thank God for prayer warriors. Amen. I have people that tell Evelyn and I, there's never a day pass that we don't pray for you. Oh, what a treasure that is. We don't take it lightly when that's said. Uh, Sister Betty Phillips told Evelyn, John Phillips' wife, said we have three cards that's on three pictures on our, on our refrigerator that we pray for every day. Adrian Rogers, Stephen Olford, and you and Brother Bob. I thought, praise God, at least I'm in good company. Amen. Thank God for people that pray for us every day. That's what we need in order to keep things going for the glory of God. Look at what it says. Pray without ceasing. Get addicted to the ministry of prayer. Now I'm persuaded if you love someone, you'll want to talk to them every day. Amen? Amen. Evelyn and I found it's better for her to go with me to meetings than it is to pay the phone bills. Hey, I just got, I tell you what, 53 years ago, she cast a spell on me. It's a spell called love. We've been married this coming June 51 years. But boy, I remember when I first met her, something different happened. I I just couldn't stay away from her. She worked down Atlanta, rode the bus home, and when when the bus pulled up to to the bus stop where she lived, she lived about a half a mile from the bus stop. I was sitting there in my car waiting to take her home. I just wanted to be with her. I just wanted to be around her. I just wanted to talk to her. You know why? Because I love her. I want to tell you, don't tell me you love God and you ain't talked to him for a week. Amen. I believe if you love him, you'll want to talk to him on a daily basis. Pray without ceasing. Now recognize that God's very busy. He's running the affairs of the universe. But I got good news for you. He never gets too busy. But what he'll hear our prayer and come to our aid. I heard Dr. Bob Gray give this years ago. Dr. Gray has a house full of girls. Had about a half a dozen before he ever got a boy. Used to come down to Camp Zion, Myrtle, Mississippi and preach every year and and he'd get up to preach and, and he'd say, well, I won't be preaching on Abraham and Isaac this year. 
I'll be preaching on Sarah and Rebecca again. My wife just had another girl. But Dr. Gray, while pastoring at Trinity Baptist Church in Jacksonville, said the city councilman came to visit him one day. They said, Dr. Gray, we need an audience with you. We need some help. He said, oh, is that right? And they said, uh, our city is in trouble. The youth of our city have a moral problem that we don't know how to correct. We understand you have some of the best young people in this country right here in this church. We want to know what your secret is. We won't help. He said, well, if I can, I'll be glad to. He turned to his wife and said, honey, I'm going into a very important meeting. Do not interrupt me. If someone comes, tell them to wait. If they cannot wait, get their address. I'll go and visit them after I get through. If someone calls, tell them to call back. If it's long distance, get their number. I'll return the call at my own expense. Just don't interrupt me. She said, I'll see to it. Dr. Gray said, I went in that room and I sat down, started talking about the problems that face Jacksonville, Florida with those city councilmen. And he said, right in the midst of our conversation, the door to our room burst open and a little stringy-headed girl ran into the room. And she ran right up to Dr. Gray and she stuck a little dirty, bloody, barefoot right up in his face and said, Daddy, I stumped my toe and it won't quit hurting till you kiss it. Dr. Gray said, I took that little old foot up and took my handkerchief and wiped as much of the blood and dirt off of it as I could and said, I kissed it. Then he said, I took that little old girl and I pulled her to my bosom and I just held her till she stopped crying. Then I said to her, honey, daddy's in a very important meeting. You run on out and play. She started out and she stopped and turned and said, daddy, thank you for taking time to kiss away my hurt and hold me until my hurting stopped. What am I saying? Dr. Gray was busy and he didn't want to be interrupted. But Brother Ken, this was different. This was one of his own. And he didn't get too busy to see to the needs of one of his own. Amen. I want you to know this morning, our Heavenly Father is very busy. He's running the affairs of the universe. He's keeping all of the planets in their orbit. Did you know if the sun were to get out of its orbit, and drift in toward us a few degrees, we'd burn up on the face of the earth. Did you know if the sun were to get out of its orbit and drift away from us a few degrees, we'd freeze to death on the earth. Colossians 1 said, by him were all things created. And the next verse says, and by him all things consist. That word consist is an interesting word. Comes from a Greek word we get our English word cohesion from. And in reality what it means by him all things are held together. 
Yes, he's busy keeping the worlds in their orbit, but thank God this morning, he never gets too busy, but what he'll hear the cries of his children. He'll come to kiss away your hurt. He'll come to console you, thank God, until your crying has subsided. Thank God he'll stay near as long as you meet him there. What a God. We just need to stay in touch with him. Somebody said the reason we can't ring the prayer bells of heaven is because we got too much slack in the cord. We need to get the slack out of the cord. Amen. And pray. Spiritual addiction. Let me give you this and I'm finished. I read to you this morning about Stephanos and his household. And I want you to know what happened. It said they addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They addicted themselves. It's up to you this morning whether you want to become addicted or not. You say, how do I become addicted? You do something on a regular basis every day for about 30 days, and you get the addiction. Amen? It'll just come normal for you to do it for God's glory. Would you stand with me, please?